All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, February 13th. F it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, this weekend was the big game. Yep, and the big game. We, we, of course, we were only referred to it as the big game. We did not purchase yep. the rights to call it anything else. So this was nope. big game weekend. Rigged game. It was, all right, well, you know, we also didn't purchase the rights to call it the rigged game, so I will continue yeah. calling it the big game. But the big game's okay. over. The premiere of Magic Mike 3 is over. And, uh, yeah, why don't, why don't you give us a plow for the weekend of February 10th, a.k.a. the big game weekend? All right, number one, Magic Mike's Last Dance made $8.3 million dollars. In its debut, number two, Avatar The Way of Water made $7.2 million, down only 36%. It lost 245 theaters. It's at $647.2 million in its ninth weekend. Number three, another Cameron joint, Titanic 25th Anniversary made $6.7 million. Number four. 80 for Brady made $5.8 million, down 54%. It added 27 theaters. It's at $24.7 million in its second weekend. And number five, the reason why we're just effing it, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, made $5.5 million, down only 29%. It lost 63 theaters. It's at $158.5 million in its eighth weekend. Pat, Wowzer. continuing to go. It is a greatest showman situation. We'll just say that. Well, it's not at 175 yet. So, but it's it's a, it's a situation. It's, it's a greatest showman situation. Oh, it's an awesome. I mean, whatever it is. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome situation. Yeah, it, it is amazing, and uh, they have not dropped it on the streaming service Peacock yet. So, thankfully, the puss is not yet on the cock. And I think no. that is a huge reason why we're why it's still doing so well theatrically. So, just and, a well, co- real quick, because yeah. we let's we might be able to. I know people are missing the profanity. Okay. So what we could do mm-hmm. is we could get the Puss in Boots talk over now, so that after we talk about Puss in Boots, the young ones can get put to bed or put in the playpen or whatever right right kicked so out of the car you, if you're yeah. riding in the car with the young ones we'll f- talk about puss in boots now then you could pull over kick them out of the car go go for a drive and listen to the rest of the episode with profanities intact yes yeah so just a little uh update here puss in boots mm-hmm. the last wish has passed domestically the 149 million that the original 2011 Puss in Boots made. Wow. Wow. So this is Which, officially what Scott Mendelson would call a breakout sequel. Yes, absolutely. And it is 10% ahead of Sing 2 at the same point in their respective runs right now. I, I was just going to ask where it compares to last year's Sing 2. So that's great because after eight weekends, it's at 158. And after eight weekends, Sing 2 was at 143. So it's it's going to blow Sing 
two away, which it got to 162 yeah. total. And uh, later this week, Puss in Boots will will smash that. There does not seem to be Puss in Boots fatigue. No, no, no. The Puss is not tired. The people are not tired of the Puss. Uh, th- th- listen, this there is no other cheese for these rats out there at the marketplace yet. And it's really not going to change until Super Mario Brothers in another, what, six weeks or so? I mean, listen, but, but you I'll got tell a Marvel you though, movie coming out this weekend, so there will be rats who will scurry to, to Marvel yeah, yeah. And, and start gnawing on, on Ant-Man. But it's not the same as Puss in Boots. But I'll tell you what. Yes, of course the rats need their cheese. We know that. But something like Lyle Lyle Crocodile mm. did not do this business because it wasn't – because he's a bomb, and we know that. He's yes. a certified bomb. Right. And – so this movie is a loved movie. It is a movie people enjoy. And so that is why its success is sustained. It's not only because of the rats needing their cheese. That can get you to the starting line, but it's not going to get you to the end of the marathon. Right, right. That could get you to the bad guys territory. Could get you yes. to 80, 90 million domestic but it's not going to get you to, you know, 158 and counting domestically. That's because yeah. this is a good movie, good songs, kids are loving it, but so are the parents. So I think for this week, that is our Puss in Boots, The Last Wish talk. So now you may kick your child out of the car, tell them you'll pick them up later when the episode mm-hmm. is done. So yeah. now we could get into the adult portion of this week's B.O. Boys fuck it we're doing it live from this point yes fuck it all right all right so motherfuckers let's get into it uh i want to quickly fuck well let's not be vile let's just let's not just be okay of course okay so i want to quickly f and get into knock at the cabin drop to number six this week minus 62 percent decline in its second weekend made 5.4 million it's now at 23.3 Listen, this is not going to be an old situation. I mean, M. Knight keeps these budgets nice and low. He self-finances it. The guy ain't losing his house on this movie. But as we talked about last week, Knock at the Cabin is pretty dark. It's pretty relentless. And it's not going to probably click any further at the movie theater. There's not anything that is really catchy to a mainstream audience in this movie, the way Old had a fun gimmick and obviously Split had a fun gimmick. I do believe that this movie, what did it cost, 20 mil? Was that the budget? I think he keeps them at 20 or under. This might be like 15, definitely not higher than 20. He he keeps them tidy, you know. It's already at 23. Right. This thing is going to do really well on PVOD. Yes, and it's going to do Bafo Streamo for Peacock. And I know we're not the Streamo boys, no. so it does, that doesn't matter. But still, I mean, again, it went theatrical, a lot of commercials, a lot of buzz. That's going to be good for its downstream prospects. Yes. It is always better to put a movie like this in movie theaters. Obviously, we're not saying put garbage micro budget straight to dvd quality movies and movie theaters but something mm-hmm. like knock at the cabin you're going to make a little scratch at the theater and it's only going to be more of a 
prime quantity, you know, commodity when it does eventually get to PVOD and streaming because it was in the theater. But yeah, Knock of the Cabin is not going to break out or even get to an old level of like 40, 50 million. That's not happening here. Now, can we then jump to the number one movie? Because you mentioned something, which was movies that were made for streaming. Yes. And the quality issues of certain movies that were made for streaming. Now, this movie, Magic Mike's Last Dance, was expected to be an HBO Max film. Yes, yes. And it was budgeted, and the scope of it- yes was aimed towards Streamoville. Yes. It was budgeted at $40 million, so it's not like a micro-budget, but definitely but, for a, a theatrical release with a big star, that's a low-budget film. But Batgirl was, what, $90 million? Yes, yes, yes. Batwoman or Batgirl. Yes. Uh, so Girl, this film she was used, Batgirl. She was Batgirl. I think. Uh, I, I also am not sure. Yeah. It will. No one will ever see it, so it doesn't matter. We'll never know. Uh, We'll never know. So Magic Mike's Last Dance, this is a film that you famously saw without me. Yes. I was not invited. N- not and I, at all. And, and even after uh, the conversation, I was not able to guilt you into an invitation. No. Like in real life, off mic, you refused to invite me. It wasn't even a refusal. It was never considered. Yeah, I guess you can't refuse something that you never consider. Right, right. If you, to refuse something, you have to even you have to contemplate it in some way, which I did not. We never. Yeah, it was a complete shut you. down of the idea. Yes, yes. So you saw this film, and you went with some ladies. I went with three ladies, one of whom was my wife. Okay, and then uh, two friends of ours. And, uh, yes, we went to a rowdy screening of Magic Mike's Last Dance in the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn, which was, according to Deadline, one of the top 10 grossing theaters uh, that that showed Magic Mike this weekend. The Alamo in Brooklyn. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so this- It was number six. Yes. It, and it's, I think the, yeah, that was the highest grossing theater in New York City. The AMC Lincoln Square also made the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a movie that was only released in 1,500 theaters. They're calling it a pretty targeted release, you know, yes. as much as you could target in 1,500 theaters in that they were looking to make events of these screenings. I went to what they call a rowdy screening. At the Alamo Draft House, which, to be honest, was not very rowdy and was explained to us right before the movie started that it shouldn't actually get that rowdy. Okay. So, so there was a representative from the theater who came out to tell us that what a rowdy screening at the Alamo meant is that you could shout things out on occasion, but don't mm-hmm. still don't talk, still don't take out your phone. Don't scream the whole time. Basically, Alamos are meant to be completely quiet. And for this screening, they were saying you could be a little less quiet. Yes, yes. Um, They also... Draconian rules would be lifted... Slightly. Slightly. Yes. So the other thing that immediately tipped me off that this movie might not do Bafa Bobo this weekend is that the representative from the theater also basically warned the audience. She said, this is a, I saw this movie last night. 
and it's a very it's a slow build. This is how the theater representative set this movie up before the rowdy screening. It's a slow build. She okay. said it's not XXL. And Magic Mike XSL is the second film regarded by fans as the best film because it is definitely the most outlandish, has the most set pieces, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't the biggest uh, of box office hit of the three. It is definitely looked at now by fans as the prototypical Magic Mike movie. Okay. And the rep for the theater basically told us this movie would not be that. It was slower paced, less big numbers you know less big uh uh uh, production set pieces and she was true she was correct this movie was listen we all like the movie channing Mm -hmm. tatum is a movie star soderbergh knows where to put a camera it's a fine what about selma hayek selma hayek looks great she does her thing charismatic as all get out she's a star Mm -hmm. forever star yeah but yes all to say Magic Mike's Last Dance was not made to be a big, showy, nonstop theatrical party the Mm -hmm. way the first and especially the second films were. This was a more contemplative Mike, a more of a slow burn Mike, like she said. So I understand why this movie did not break out in a major way. Also, like we talked about last week, not a ton of promotion from Warner Brothers on this. Yeah. It was only in 1,500 theaters. But even so, we thought this was a movie, or at least I thought could have made 13 million, 14 million, only made eight and change. But having seen it, it's not the big crazy event that you would want your male stripper movie to be in movie theaters. Now, when we're talking about ads and targeting, mm-hmm. supposedly, and I don't watch any of these mm-hmm. networks, but they use their discovery networks mm-hmm. to promote this film. So when you were watching the, I guess the Property Brothers is that one. That Dr. Pimple Popper, MD. Yeah, my thousand pound wife or whatever. Right. Uh, flip it or like flip that. it or flop it. I think they flip have a flip it or flop it show. Yeah, uh, those those shows may have been interrupted by commercials with Magic Mike. Yeah. And that's possible, and that's the target demo I think they were looking for, and it looks like they at least came out in some markets. Yes. I mean, let's if you take a look at what the big markets were, L.A., so I'm sure the Property Brothers play well in L.A., a lot of property there. New York, of course, lots of property. Dallas, that might be a a Dr. Pimple Popper MD market. Chicago, I could see them being into Flip It or Flop It. San Francisco, Flip It or Flop It. Houston is probably Property Brothers. D.C., I don't know what they're watching there. They're just watching C-SPAN, so... Mm-hmm. Maybe they threw some the Beltway. I mean, they're they're the, that's the Beltway, right? Yeah, that's the Beltway. Toronto's number eight market. I think that's a pimple popper market. Philadelphia. Oh, uh, that's thousand pound wife territory. Thousand pound wife probably got them out to Magic Mike there. Phoenix. I think they're watching all that stuff. But uh, yeah, Phoenix is is just they're watching pimple popper. They're watching thousand pound wife. They're watching Property Brothers. So. Yeah, I, 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 it makes sense looking at the top 10 markets that those are the big markets for 
the shows that they promoted Magic Mike on. That makes total sense. Oh, and I'm sorry. And this is honestly, I was not trying to make a joke. No, I think it, it's called are. My Thousand Pound Life is the name, not wife. Okay. Got it. Got it. I believe. So my apologies. I honestly was not sure of the name. And then there is A Thousand Pound Sisters, I guess, is a spinoff of that show. So mm-hmm. my apologies getting that incorrect. Yeah. I'm not a TV guy. Not a TV guy. You're 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 not, you know, you're not you, and also you don't love universes, so you're not part of the thousand pound universe no, of, of no. content. I, I don't do uh, Little People, Big World. I, right. I didn't follow any of those kinds of spinoffs of that show. Right, um, right. Yeah, not my uh, métier. So Magic Mike, you know, it made its uh, $8.3 million. It's also not going to break out. I think this is a movie where the opening, I think it's going to be a big drop off because I think. yes. It is a FTF for the fans situation with Magic Mike. Mm-hmm. And I think the fans went opening weekend. They went to the rowdy screenings. And it's probably going to drop like a stone next week up against Ant-Man Quantumania. So is this... Let's look at it from the Channing Tatum point of view. I mean, this is a guy who owned 2022. He had Dog, which was a, a, a really nice hit. He had, of course, uh, uh, The Lost City, which made over $100 million domestic as a rom-com adventure movie. He's dating Zoe Kravitz. He's dating Zoe Kravitz. Listen, he's if, uh, if that show was still on, he'd be having the best week ever. Yep, or at least yep. he would have last year. Mm-hmm. Magic Mike's Last Dance, I think, is a lark. It is his character that he likes to play. It is a movie that the second one already had a drop off from the first one. The first movie was a phenomenon. The second movie made a lot less. It does seem like this was just a thing that him and Soderbergh wanted to do. And they knew this wasn't going to Listen, they made it for HBO. So, yeah, there was rumors and I, I don't know if these are true or not. So I, 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 I you know, it's I maybe shouldn't repeat it, but. I read somewhere that there were rumblings that Soderbergh and, and Tatum were not happy with this going theatrical just because it was never meant to be. Right. And the expectations were going to skew this in a way they might not have been happy with. Now, there's no verification of that. That's just right. like rumblings. But I could see that. I mean, Soderbergh is one of those guys who's very much intentional. He knows right. what he wants to do. But he also has – played around right. with theatrical releases. So this is something that I could see him being like, oh, okay, well, I guess we'll just put it in theaters and see what happens. And but, you know what? We advocate for that all the time. We do. And Warner Brothers, they did not spend a lot of money promoting this. And I no. think this was a situation where it's found money. You know, you put it in theatrical and it'll make what it's going to make just based on reputation with the fans alone and these rowdy screenings and the 1500 theater thing. It's like a, it's, it's almost like a large fathom event. You know, yeah. that's almost how you look at the opening weekend of a movie like this is that it is a version of the chosen season three episodes one and two, you mm-hmm. know, it's for the fans. They'll find out where it is. They'll go to 
their screenings. I'm sure there were the same way there's church buses that take you to the chosen season three, episode one and two. There were party buses that took uh, uh, people to Magic Mike's last dance. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a good time to talk about like what are, how do we manage expectations mm. for certain release models, right? Right. Because something like this, small release, targeted release, knows that it's probably going to only do Baffa Bobo or or make money, real substantial money for one weekend, right? Because right. counter-programming to the rigged game and uh, game, just yes. like, yeah, and just like next weekend, there's going to be something else, right? Right. right? And so, I mean, something else meaning Ant-Man, Quantumania. So right. they knew this was a, a little bit of a window. So are we, is it, should we be managing our expectations better with some of these types of releases? Because we always give other pundits uh, mm-hmm. shit. Uh, I hope your kids are out of the car. Right. For thinking everything should be a Marvel movie and right. thinking everything should open gigantically. I mean, this is a movie that opened in 1,500 theaters and went to number one. Right. Right. It right? was a number one So it's opener. a number one movie. It's a yes. number one movie. Channing it Tatum out had Avatar. a number one movie. It beat out Titanic. Yes. I mean, those are two, and I know Titanic's a re-release, but still, there was a chance that Titanic, the 25th anniversary, could have beat this film, and it didn't. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it, it's a number one. I think, again, for Channing Tatum, this is a little bit of a lark, and his lark still came in number one. That's a win. It, it, to me, it's a win. Yeah, I think we do have to manage expectations because... This is underperforming is not the same thing as Amsterdam underperforming. Yes, absolutely. Or Babylon. These movies that they spent Mm -hmm. 90 to $100 million on in production and they completely flamed out because the audience fully rejected the movies. You know, Magic Mike's Last Dance is a movie that was made with a small audience in mind. And that audience, they might not have loved this. You know, this is probably not going to be anyone's favorite Magic Mike movie, but it is nowhere close to being disliked or a disaster, and it didn't cry macho. You know, I think yes. a movie like this, if it opens at $4 million, then you start to say, oh, the luster is really off of this IP. But $8.3 yeah. I think it's an IP that you could revisit in 10 years. I don't think you do this again anytime soon. But Magic Mike's, you know, last walk or something like that, you could do yeah. someday. Yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, well, it would be Magic Mike AARP. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, double double ARP, yeah. Yeah. Now, I do think that we might have been harsher on this because of our perception of Zasloff and what he's doing mm. and what we think he's maybe – cheaping out on some of these movies but what i'll say is like we said about house party always a niche property anyway right right this movie a lark right the the real test i think yes. of this is gonna be evil dead mm-hmm. rising yes. or rises is it evil dead rises or rising it is evil dead rise 
Evil Dead Rise. I was wrong on both counts. Yes. Okay. That is a film that could make Baffa Bobo because yes. most horror movies are done with lower budgets. Mm-hmm. That movie looks like it's very contained. Mm-hmm. And so therefore it was cheaper to shoot, but I don't think it's going to lose anything in a theatrical setting, at least from the trailer. The trailer was spectacular. Yeah. It, so this is a movie that needs to be shoved down people's throats. Yes, yes. If, if if Warner Brothers, you know, Evil Dead Rise comes out April 21st. So we mm-hmm. got another two months. The Evil Dead remake in 2013, that made 54 million domestic, 100 million worldwide. Evil mm-hmm. Dead Rise should be a movie they're hoping to make a ton of money with. Yes. And so if that opens in 1,500 or less theaters, doesn't get a 3,000 theater release, doesn't get marketing, then you could really, really point towards Warner Brothers is financially bankrupt and they just mm-hmm. don't have the money to promote movies anymore. That's going to yes. be the test of these you know, HBO to theatrical releases that Zaslav pulled him out of just HBO, put him in theaters. He's got to put money behind Evil Dead Rise because that movie – should be looked at as something that could be a big hit in theaters. I get it. Yes. Especially having seen Magic Mike, I definitely get that this was an FTF for the fans, one weekend experiment. I think no harm, no foul on this. Um, you know, not here to make excuses, but it it is what it is. It it no, this yeah. was a, a IP that was at this point way past its prime and Channing Tatum just likes playing this guy. You can't fault it. No, absolutely Flaunt not. Flaunt it if you got it. So um, let's talk about Titanic and Avatar Way of Water, shall we? Yeah. So do we want to just pull up the all-time domestic? Is that what we're going to do here? Or Sure. Well, one thing I do want to note with this is last weekend or, you know, our preview episode – I think we both were predicting, or at least I were, that Avatar Way of Water was going to fall down the chart significantly. I think we both had 80 for Brady coming in number two. I we had did, yes. Puss in Boots ahead of Avatar. And I think we both had Titanic 20th anniversary ahead of Avatar Way of Water. My thing was I thought Magic Mike number one, 80 for Brady number two – then Titanic and then Avatar, they'd be nestled next to each other. Yeah. So and then Puss in Boots, of course, at five, which we both nailed. Yeah. So uh, here's or wait, I nailed you. Did not nail. I had Puss in Boots ahead of uh, Avatar, but we both I had, nailed the Puss. We both had Avatar falling down the chart, mm-hmm. and it showed again. And this is a lesson that we should have learned, but. Sometimes you, you just don't you, – you, you, you never fully comprehend the degree to which you can't doubt Big Jim Cameron. You yeah. cannot underestimate Big Jim Cameron. Avatar Way of Water came in number two. We had it down at fourth, fifth. It came in number two. And you can't underestimate Jim Cameron even when his competition – is Jim Cameron mm-hmm. because yes. we made the mistake of going with Titanic and we picked Jim Cameron over Jim Cameron this weekend and, and we, we were proven wrong. 
Jim yeah. Cameron proved us wrong. He beat Jim Cameron. Mm-hmm. He beat Jim Cameron on a weekend when neither of us thought that he'd be able to beat Jim Cameron. And he did it because he is Jim Cameron and you cannot doubt Jim Cameron. So just looking at this all-time domestic, Avatar The Way of Water, number 10, mm-hmm. 647. Breathing down the neck of number nine, Jurassic World, wow. at 652. It's definitely passing that. Wow. It'll... Titanic now with its uh, extra doubloons mm. is at uh, 666. Cool. Devilish number. number. Yeah. Um, and it'll beat that, of course. And uh, I mean, uh, we're at this point now. Infinity War seven sixty eight is not looking crazy. Yeah, it's that's a tough one. I mean, I feel like that is a re-release situation for Avatar. Uh, Way oh of Water. yes, okay, like, yeah, yeah. Because I don't see, I don't see Avengers Infinity War ever being a big re-release movie. Down no, no. That is not end gonna... game, maybe. Right. Infinity War, no. No, I don't think Infinity War is ever going to make anything significantly more than what it already has. But Avatar Way of Water, you could pencil it in for November, October, and November of 2024, a few months before Avatar 3 comes out. They're yeah. going to re-release Way of Water, and it'll probably end up adding another sixty million domestic that year. Yes. So, I think that'll be when Way of Water gets past Infinity War. But it seems like Jurassic and Titanic are going to be the ones that it passes domestically. The thing is, Titanic still being out in theaters again. Is that just for this weekend, or is Titanic going to be out again in theaters this weekend? Um, that's a great question. I do think it was a, I think it was only this weekend. Just this weekend. I, I, I okay. would, I would assume it's only this weekend because you're not going to go up against Ant-Man. Yeah. Ant-Man's going to suck up all those theaters. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, Avatar Way of Water somehow in its, uh, ninth weekend continues to prove everyone wrong. It continues mm-hmm. to exceed any expectations. It, it's incredible. Incredible. Yep. Do not doubt Jim Cameron, even when he's going up against Jim Cameron. And now just to talk worldwide, because for giant movies such as these, we've got to talk worldwide. Mm-hmm. 2.2 billion. It's number four. Mm. It is so, so close to Titanic. And the only reason Titanic is staying afloat above it is because of this re-release. Right. But once that drops out of theaters... We're gonna have another. Uh, we're gonna have a new number three movie of all time. Wow! Wow! Avatar: The Way of Water. Wow! Wow! And in 2024, there will be people saying, "Oh, Avatar three is gonna bomb." People don't yeah. remember Avatar. Yeah, yeah. It, Not a part of our culture. Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 uh, mind blowing. With Jim Cameron, it is mind blowing. So, my goodness, something that is not quite mind blowing. I'm gonna go to number four, 80 for Brady. Yeah, steeper drop. I mean, uh, more people saw this drop than we did. We we thought it was strong. Yeah, but and it's not bad. I mean, listen, 
Five point eight, mm-hmm. nothing to sneeze at. Fifty-four no. percent drop for this is not great. Uh, this movie pr- was so low budget; it had to be. Had to. Well, that uh, I mean, listen, I mean, Jane Fonda ain't working for free, you know. Well, it but I mean, have... it's not a hundred million dollars. No, no, no. Listen, eighty for Brady is going to do fine. I think. I think the thing is, eighty for Brady is not going to be this crazy breakout. It's, it's not, not going to be, be book club. No, it's not going to be book club. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little bit of a curiosity, and I think people like it, and it's going to end up doing fine in that it has a shot of getting to $40 million domestic when all said and done, but it's yeah, it's not going to be some kind of big breakout. It's not going to be a man called Otto. No, that's true. But you again, Paramount getting as much juice yep. out of a streamo movie, uh, what was supposed to be a streamo movie, getting so much box office juice out of that. I applaud them. Man, Paramount is just the gold standard right now. Yes. For releasing films theatrically yeah. and then just pushing them onto streaming and PVOD. I mean, 80 for Brady is the perfect example of a movie that if it had gone to streaming would have had an afternoon of Twitter memes and then no one would have ever talked about it again. Whereas the fact that it's theatrical has raised it so high in the public consciousness. People have been talking about it for two weeks now. And when it does get to streaming, it'll have an elevated version of the life it would have had if it had gone straight to streaming. People will discover it all over again. It'll start being memes, all that. But it is so much more of a big deal in the uh, public realm because it went theatrical. If it would have just come out streaming, there would have been a listicle, here's 10 batshit things that happened in 80 for Brady. Yes. And people would just read that, and then that'd be it. They probably wouldn't even watch the movie. No. Exactly. 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 But um, it's going to be one of those movies that – I don't know if it gets in the obituary of any of these actors someday. Um, These are all – Guy Fieri. Yes. It'll get in Guy Fieri's obituary. He just doesn't do a lot of movies. Yes. So he'll get dinners, drive-ins, and dives, and co-star of- Grocery games. Guy's grocery games. Will that get in there? I think 80 for Brady gets in the obituary ahead of grocery games for Guy Fieri. Uh, That's pretty big. It's pretty big. All right. But I think it gets in there. I think it gets in the obituary. I don't think it gets in in there for Sally Field. Obviously not Jane Fonda, not Lily Tomlin. Rita Moreno? No, not Rita Moreno. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, Doesn't she have an EGOT or no? She does have an EGOT. Yeah. So 80 for Brady. Yeah, exactly. It's not obituary level of a movie, but. It is if it's their last movie. Yes, but that's an anomaly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the same way like Cocaine Bear gets in Ray Liotta's uh, uh, obituaries just because it'll note he died after filming Cocaine Bear. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so 80 for Brady, again, it's it's successful. It's definitely good that Paramount didn't just drop it on Paramount+. Plus. 
but it's clear now with that 54% drop, it's probably not going to break out in a big way. It's not going to be, like you said, it's not going to be book club. Um, And football, people want to kind of, I do think that football season is now over, uh right? And I do think there's going to be a sort of, let's move on to other things. I don't know how much people are going to want to uh, think about football. I mean, I know a lot of people continue to want to think about football, but I think for the general populace, right? Eh, we're moving on to basketball. We're moving on to hockey. We're moving on to other things. The right. season is effectively over. I think. I think something that could have helped eighty for Brady really break out uh, and, and and keep the sports fans engaged is if they had figured out a way to, uh, to put a gambling aspect into this movie, you know, yeah. if, because sports gambling of course is, was driving sports and the ratings of, of TV sports. If they had, figured Oh, it's thoroughly out, corrupt. Yes, of course. I mean, I think it's thoroughly incentivized by gambling and gambling websites. Sure. And, we'll go with you. And I think if Paramount had figured out a way to let the uh, uh, degenerate gamblers, which I say with love, to let degenerate gamblers gamble on the results of this movie, mm-hmm. you know, to gamble on scenes in the movie during the movie, yes, it, it probably would have sold a lot more tickets. And it would have sold a lot more tickets next weekend because football's over. The degenerate gamblers, I say with love, can't bet on football anymore but if they could still bet on 80 for brady scenes they would have then had to buy a ticket to be able to see if their bets uh now i feel like this is a possibility for the future of cinema in that it would have to be a one showing okay and it would be a 200 dollars buy-in mm-hmm. which would be a ticket right but it's called a buy-in mm-hmm. and you gamble on the scenes, right? Like you were saying, you right. can put money through the app, mm-hmm. FanDuel, one of those right. reputable sites. Right, right. Bet you and yes, win bets. Well, well, of I course. said, I well, win bets. Yeah, not bet you. I said reputable. So when we say reputable, we, we mean win bets. Yeah. And you're sitting there in the theater, and you have access to the. You have to sign into the app. You don't have your phone or anything like that, so you can get any sort of you know, uh, uh, information from anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And you bet on the scenes and it's shown once and there's a big payday at the end for the person who made the most correct bets Mm -hmm. at that screening. Mm -hmm. And that's a a new wave of cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they couldn't quite crack it in time for 80 for Brady. Um, it probably wasn't something that Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin and Sally Field or Reed Moreno really were pushing for. I would imagine none of those legendary actresses are, you know, big uh, gamblers. They're probably not frequent fan duelers or, you know, yeah. on win bets. But I think there will be a sports movie that cracks that. And then there's big box office in, in well, figuring out the sports, the gambling aspect of theatrical movies. 
what you would have to do is you would have to shoot a lot of extra scenes and randomize, like have an AI randomize them at the actual screening. Right. So you, nobody knows right. what the actual outcome is going to be before it happens. Right. So right. therefore, no one, the screenwriter, the the grip, right. uh, any below the line people, any producers who are really uh, up to their eyeballs in debt right. could rig it. Right, right. It would have to be a, an AI-generated storyline, and you could do that with a sports movie because you could just shoot a bunch of different plays and a different bunch of different scenes and randomize them. Right, and then that's that's where you're going to get uh, a huge payday and make sure that people know it is not rigged. Right, right. Like right, the NFL. Right, right. Yeah, I mean uh, that. Listen, there probably won't be an eighty for Brady sequel, but if there is. You know, like we said, an 81 for Brady, an 82 for Brady. Get the gambling aspect figured out. Partner up with WinBets. Partner mm-hmm. up with FanDuel. Make that happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, as far as stuff for the oldsters, Man Called Otto continuing to be strong. $57 million, it'll get over 60 and that's probably where it'll end up, which is, listen, Tom Hanks gets it over 60 You can't complain about that. No, he's, I mean, talk about uh, who's having a good year. Yeah. Yep. He's in a Best Picture, nom, nom, nom. He's got a man called Otto. Tom Hanks is back on top. Nothing else really at the top 10 that stands out to me. Megan's at 90 million, about 91 million. It's not going to get to 100 domestic. It looks like it's going to be black phone territory, not smile territory for Megan. But, I mean, amazing, amazing run for Megan. Great, great job. Yeah. Uh, and can we just real quickly, number 10, can we applaud Plane? Okay. I'm not actually applauded. I, I actually don't think it deserves a clap, but right. applaud it with our words. It's a 30. Yeah. I mean, this is just a movie that did fine, but uh, without Jerry Butler, this movie would have done very little. Oh, yes. I mean, if this was, um, I, I don't even know who's Matthew it. Fox. If this was Matthew Fox, it 100% cannot be put in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And if it did go into movie theaters, I think the same movie with Matthew Fox does not make $1 million domestic. No, as absolutely opposed not. to 30 million with Jerry Butler. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much it for this top. 10 i do think that of course we are going to have a huge 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 uh wake up at the box office just a rejuvenation here uh maybe over 100 million opening for this next ant-man film which we'll of course get into in our preview episode yeah i mean i guess we we haven't mentioned it some people have written in on both our email and uh commented on the youtube channel the streak once again ended this weekend. You know, the streak yep. of at least one movie in the top 10 making double digits, making $10 million plus. Magic Mike's Last Dance couldn't get there. The streak had been going again since Barbarian did it in early September. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, the streak ended in August and was was dormant for a few weeks there in August of 2022. So the streak is over. Here's the thing. I think once the streak starts again this weekend with 
Ant-Man Quantumania, it's going to go for a long time because the schedule looks jam-packed for the rest of the year. And that's why it is kind of, I mean, listen, we we managed our expectations. We talked through it on this episode. Right. It The one shame is that Last Dance couldn't eke out 10. Couldn't bridge Because if it yeah. ekes out 10, it's that bridge to infinity, basically. Yeah, yeah. Then we're looking at a streak that's going to go a year plus easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that is a shame, and that is a failing. I will say that's a failing of Last Dance. But again, the... The expectations were not that. And, and so. Soderbergh and Channing Tatum didn't make Magic Mike's Last Dance with a streak in mind. They made they it didn't to think be on they'd HBO. Be the bridge. Yeah. yeah. They never thought they'd be the bridge for the streak. So it's hard yeah. to blame them for that. It is. Well, someone has to be blamed. Um, Real quick, the big game... There were the some movie game. trailers, some big movie trailers. I think the the biggest ones were The Flash, which yes. is, as of now, coming out this summer, mm-hmm. and uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So quick hits. What did you think of The Flash trailer? Michael Keaton is back as Batman. Ben Affleck is back as Batman. Um, the, the Snyderverse rides again one last time, I guess. And, you know, Ezra Miller is the Flash so as of now. So not only do we have one Ezra Miller right. in this trailer, we have two. So it's f- going to be funny to see. I know the, the, uh, they have had their issues right. that they are currently, I guess, dealing with in rehab right. uh, or some facility. And there's going to be the big Mia Culpa interviews coming out. And they are going to be on every magazine cover and or in every uh, video, like Vogue and Men's Health and GQ and all that. And Oprah is going to get quite a payday doing the interview, let's be honest. Yes. So we're going to have plenty of Ezra Miller in our lives. But it is tough to see not only one, but two. And I am no fan of superhero movies. No. Obviously. Uh, this trailer looks terrible. The film looks terrible. Mm-hmm. The FX look terrible. Right, but that, but and that's all. That's all baked into the cake now with superhero it, it, movies. It's part and parcel. Yeah, I am the biggest Michael Keaton fan uh, there is. Right, one of. Okay, I'm in the Guinness Book. Look it up. Right, and I will not see this film. Okay. I mean, a lot of and people And I saw will. the 1989 Batman right. five times in the theater. Right. Which for me, that's a lot. That was a lot. I Listen, right. I lived in Pennsylvania. It was a long drive to the theater. Right. But what else okay? did you have to do? Nothing else. Yeah. But still, five times, a lot. I thought the trailer was pretty bad, but it's hard to gauge now because all of these superhero trailers are bad. Right. The Quantumania trailer is bad. Right, right. So I think the the most problematic aspect of the Flash trailer was that, you know, the big reveal is that Michael Keaton is Batman mm-hmm. and they could not find a a clip from the movie to put in this commercial in which Michael Keaton did not look bored out of his mind. 
Well, he was yawning. He was, he was yawning. And this and is in the looped, Super Bowl commercial. And they looped him saying, I'm Batman. But that was a yawn. That, yeah. Yeah. It's the best they could do. So that's yeah. not very promising. But we'll see. Listen, it's going to be huge. It'll be interesting how huge it will be. Will it be huge, though? Will it be huge? Well, listen. Wh- I know, don't. I don't know if it's going to be huge. We may have to get some experts, you know, uh, uh, on this show soon to talk through these upcoming superhero movies. That's all I'll yeah. say. Um, and then the Indiana Jones trailer was also a commercial in the Super Bowl, and starring the world's angriest pothead, Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm very curious to see that one too. Listen. The fourth movie that everyone hated, Indiana Jones, was a gigantic monster hit. This, but it had could... Shia LaBeouf at his hottest oh, in the sense of career. I think that that had physically he's the hottest now. I think that had nothing to do with helping that movie. Oh, I don't know, buddy. He I was mean, a pretty big star. I remember being at screenings of that movie where the energy was palpable. Of get him off of this screen. People went. But you to that weren't for the demo. Jones. You weren't the Shia LaBeouf demo. I you was were in, a little bit too old. I was in my twenties. Uh, it was for the youngins. Ah, uh, the the youngins didn't care. Uh, but I am curious about this Indiana Jones movie. It may be a situation with like a Magic Mike's Last Dance where they went one too many. You know, this could be oh, Indiana's yeah. Last Dance. Um, well, what do you think about your uh, uh, your your fan of Phoebe Phoebe Waller, Waller Bridge Bridge Fleabag herself? Listen, I don't and think she, there's is been she a, is she an added is she a value add here? I mean, I would say no. She is for me. Like okay, like if I get the uh, the questionnaire when I go see this movie and they're asking why I'm at this theater, Phoebe Waller Bridge gets. You know, the number one box there. Number she, one. Yeah, yeah, she's the box. But I don't think that the studio really sees her as a value add because she has not been featured prominently in any of this advertising. As she shouldn't be because she is not a value add. Well, I mean, we'll see if the ad, if the advertising changes leading up to it because she is the number two build person in this movie, but the trailers are not treating her as such, but we'll see. It's also tricky when the, uh, uh, you know, when the male lead is in his eighties and it's hard to frame. What is this relationship? Not all relationships Absolutely. have to be romantic. Of course. I mean, but is it she is. his granddaughter? Right. Is she his granddaughter is or is she his ex-girlfriend? Like, there, I think they're having a hard or time. Or something in between. Yeah, yeah. So so we'll see. Those were the big movie-related... Well, Guardians 3 also had a okay. new trailer, which I would say is... I really loved that first trailer. Okay. And I would say this is a step down from the first trailer. I would say which it's... I, it's I a... hate when I see that. I hate when I see a really spectacular first trailer and then a so-so second trailer... Makes me feel like they should just stop when when they are ahead. And, and I think that is just the almost the norm for trailer progression is I almost never see a second trailer that is better than the first one. They yeah. almost never get better. 
Mm-hmm. So there's just something about movie trailers where the first cut is usually the most interesting one. And yeah. I, listen, none of that's going to matter for Guardians. That movie's going to be a monster hit. Yes. And I go back. I mean, listen, I do not like superhero movies. That is one superhero movie I will see because of, of course, Batista. Yeah. And because it's more of a sci-fi action picture, which I actually usually don't like. Right. But there's something about these movies that have resonated with me. Yeah. And I'm very excited for that film. Yeah. So those were the big news from the big game. And uh, there's your big game report. Clayton, I think we did it. For this week. We definitely did it, Pat. Where can they find us? Email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails. Here's a quickie from uh, Wanna Be Old Boy Read. Uh, the subject matter is profanity and Magic Mike. And Reed says, I miss the F bombs. There's an easy solution. How about B.O. Boys Junior Edition? Since the rats have no attention span, make it six to eight minutes. You could call them rats on the junior edition. You can't mention the puss on the cock and the constant la la blasphemy must end. Sounds like you think Magic Mike got the shaft. That big shaft is rubbing you the wrong way. It's almost like you are on your knees waiting for an explosion of theater count. So that was from Reed. Thank you, Reed. I mean, something to consider. B.O. Boys Junior Edition, Mm -hmm. uh, a a short spinoff for the rats. We will take it to management and, uh, you know, we'll definitely consider it. So thank you, Reed and everyone email us at the podcast at gmail.com. Follow us, subscribe on our YouTube channel. Every episode goes up on the YouTube channel. So subscribe, like smash that like button. We're pointing down right now. This is the moment when we point down for the YouTube fans to smash that like and subscribe button. And of course, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Five star reviews only. Only. We actually, we've gotten uh, in the last few weeks a more five star reviews. So you know what? On an upcoming episode, we will read the texts of those reviews. So leave us Mm -hmm. a five star review and we are going to get to those very soon and read those reviews and of course follow us on social media on twitter at the bo boys pod want to be intern christopher doing great work with the clips there he just he knows the moments he knows the mm-hmm. moments to pull out and all the moments are there on our twitter at the bo boys pod clayton that's it don't you, um, very quickly, don't you have another podcast or something? I, of course, do have another podcast. Thank you for reminding me to remind everyone that I am a co-host of the Show Me the Money on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Myself and Nick Turner are leading the audience on the road to the Academy Awards. We, uh, yeah, we got, listen, it's heating up now because you've got the SAG Awards coming up soon. You've got the... BAFTA Awards, the Indie Spirit Awards, Producers Guild, Directors Guild. We teach you how to gamble on all those shows. And of course, the big one, the Academy Awards take place in March. So subscribe, listen to the Show Me the Money on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBets. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T-S, WinBets. Gambling problem? Call one eight seven seven eight hope ny or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Or don't. Or don't. Either way. 
It's all the same. All right, Pat. Well, we did it. Yes. I don't think there's anything left to say except for until next time. We'll smell you at the bar.